Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning back in to the Sit With Snit podcast. And of course, I'm your host, your friend, your confidant, maybe today your voice of reason, who knows? Nah, let's not put me on that pedestal. I'm really just a friend. But it's Hannah, and I'm really excited for us to sit with our mind and body this week. I've been thinking about an episode around the mind-body connection for quite some time, and I knew from the get-go who I wanted to have as a guest speaker in this area. My dear friend and incredible psychotherapist, Rebecca Marcus Mangerell, is an expert in this area. She has been able to ground herself and her clients um, through a lot of evidence-based practices such as you know CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, um, mindfulness, and integrating attachment-based theories, and a lot of other fancy, lovely things. After receiving her master's from NYU Silver School of Social Work, she really focused her clinical practice on that of trauma. Um, she also has a postgraduate training from the Family Institute and the School of Psychotherapy in Israel, as well as New York Psychoanalytic Training in New York. Um, so to say the least, Rebecca knows what she's talking about. And I just knew that I wanted us to kind of destigmatize what it means to even enter a state of meditation. I think that there's this belief around meditation that it's supposed to be this luxurious and seamless experience that'll make you instantly feel great. And the truth is there's a lot of discomfort you have to break through to release the benefits of meditation. So Rebecca and I decided let's sit and talk about it. Let's take away those constructs that might be deterring people from accessing this amazing tool that can help put you in your body and connect with your body and mentally be in your body. And let's also bring light of our own frustrations because we're human. Even an expert in the field like Rebecca struggles with this. And that really humbled my experience and made me open to receiving the information from her. And we're really lucky that she'll be leading us in a very special meditation at the end of our discussion. So without further ado, let's sit with our mind and body. Okay. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in back to the Sit With Snit podcast. I'm here with a really special friend, mentor, and just honestly like a really special soul, Rebecca Marcus Mangerell. And I'm really excited for us to sit and we're going to talk about this like illustrious word, right? Like what is meditation? I feel like everyone and their mother now, like it's on everyone's LinkedIn bio or like your Twitter or anything. Like, yeah, I'm like a meditator, you know? Like I really just need to meditate. But do we really know what that even means? Um, so I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast, Rebecca. And this is so wonderful. I'm so excited to be here. So um, to kind of give everyone a little bit of background, um, Rebecca and I met through like a lot of mutual friends, but we both happen to be like 
empaths. And if you don't know what an empath is, it's someone who really feels things. <laughs> and we just really bond on just also the intellectual pursuit of psychology. Um, Rebecca's been nearly a decade um, working with adults, children, and families to help them heal from the challenges that arise in our life and to overcome these, you know, obstacles and make meaning out of them. And a lot of it's through like a holistic approach and mindfulness, which is where like the two of us just like really like connect so deeply on. So we're really sitting with an expert in this area. So everyone just like really open your heart and mind because any blockage that might come up when you're listening to this or like when you even experience trying to sit and be mindful or sit through a meditation, I, I think Rebecca can like, please interject when you want, but like, I feel like there's a reason for it and we have to kind of give voice to it or like know when to. Totally. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. So how did you start even getting turned on to like meditation, this, this kind of more holistic practice of, you know, therapy? How did you get into this? So I think it was potentially through yoga practice that I started um, as a senior in high school, just beginning to experience Shavasana and the ending poses of kind of meditating and getting more comfortable with that idea. Um, and then I became introduced to energy healing, I think when I was about like a junior in college. Um, and the two just kind of overlapped a little bit. Um, I began to understand the mind-body connection and the ways in which we really hold emotion in the body. Um, and kind of tapping into that, learning more about like, as we can relax the mind, we also can relax the body and begin to reduce inflammation, um, chronic pain, things like that. Um, and I was studying psychology in undergrad and um, then kind of went on the path to social work school and becoming a psychotherapist. But I knew that um, I really wanted to continue to incorporate this more holistic approach in my work and my life. Amazing. And I mean, I'm so curious to hear also how like the yoga, the energy healing, like, you know, how that has helped you with your practice, with your, you know, clients, even with yourself, um, just kind of tune in more. Like, how do you make your body your friend? Because I personally find that I have such pushback when I'm trying to meditate, like everything that, and their mother comes in, like, I'm starting to feel itchy. I can't sit still. Oh my gosh. I'm noticing that one thing that I really dislike about myself or the to-do list in my head that I haven't gone into. What do you mean? I'm going to sit down and just sit here and pretend like I don't have like my to-do list to do. So like, how do those elements help you or just how does that even create a process to be open to sitting with silence? So I think the first thing is to reframe that um, we don't necessarily have to silence the mind, but we just have to begin to listen to it and kind of notice anything that comes up. Mm -hmm. Even people that are very experienced meditators or meditation teachers will probably tell you that some days they might sit down and it feels a little bit harder to be still or their mind is a little bit more... Um, 
racing or noisy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it definitely is possible to still the mind, to give the mind something to focus on, to quiet the mind, but um, the mind won't necessarily be silent and that's okay. So I think just kind of changing your perspective on that and um, just beginning to notice whatever comes up as information and becoming kind of curious with, okay, what is that? What is my body trying to tell me? Wow, it's really hard for me today to kind of be still. Um, and just kind of having some compassion with yourself and beginning to practice some of the non-judgmental awareness. I think um, those are kind of like three core elements, certainly with mindfulness, um, but meditation as well, that curiosity, uh, non-judgmental awareness and self-compassion. So introducing that, kind of reframing it, and also understanding that there's many different types of meditation. So, you know, perhaps we might want to work up to like silent sitting meditation, but if it feels too intimidating initially, um, we can do like guided meditation or types of meditation where it's maybe more active, like a walking meditation with your eyes open, noticing the different colors or um, sensations in your body, um, maybe moving meditation through like yoga or qigong or even exercise, you can kind of start like that or just starting with a more um, brief, short, like 30 second, one minute meditation, um, you know, and just kind of noticing like where you're at. Right. And building it up in a sense. Like it's, I, I feel like meditation is in the hierarchy of the spectrum kind of like most things. I think most things that we think are a hierarchy, it's like, no, you got to reframe because that's not how it is at all. Totally. Yeah. A lot of reframing. Yeah. What was an experience that you had, whether it was with, and I'm really curious about energy healing. I feel like I can talk to you about this forever, but (laughs) especially with energy healing, having that curiosity and awareness, I feel like being like, if you have trained yourself in a sense to be more comfortable in a meditative state, I think it allows for the energy healing to come. Like, I don't know if one precedes the other or you need one to have the other, but I'm curious about the correlation that you found personally in your journey through that. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, I think you are more receptive if you're sort of in a calmer state or in a state where you're open, you're kind of suspending disbelief. Definitely with energy healing, um, the person providing the healing needs to be sort of tuned in. Um, And I think as well as the person receiving it, I know I've had people come up to me and say like, okay, energy heal me. I don't believe in this at all. And it's definitely harder to kind of, um, for to connect with those, um, when somebody's sort of blocked off that way. Um, so yeah, I think there's more resistance and if you're not open to it, it can be harder to kind of move through it with anything. It's just harder for your body to relax if there's tension and tightness. Um, it's normal, I think, to resist things that feel unfamiliar or that feel um, scary or uncomfortable, but often the more we resist things, certainly with painful emotions or like chronic pain in our bodies, um, it often makes them more intense and makes them last longer. Right. I even noticed myself, I have a knee injury. And sometimes when I'm 
trying to meditate or, you know, it's sometimes like just in Shavasana in yoga, my knee starts acting up Mm -hmm. and it's so hard. And I've had so many people and mentors, I think you even told me like send energy to your knee, like breathe into that pain and that discomfort. But sometimes it's really hard to bridge that like intellectual idea of like, okay, there, there's something must be coming up for a reason. Like maybe this is like a stored trauma it's like, how do you find that like way to like, I don't know, like mold that experience and like kind of ease into it and not, oh, the judgment comes in, obviously. Like, oh, I know. Comes in and you're just like, oh, yeah. So I think there's probably a couple of different ways to approach it. Um, Noticing when the judgment is coming up, kind of seeing if you can be more in the process and almost like observe the thoughts of judgment. So like mm-hmm. frustration with your knee will potentially make your whole body tense up a little bit more. Right, um, talking about it. Like I can feel like my breath is shallow. Yeah. There's like a lot of clenching that happens. Um, so visualization sometimes can be helpful with um, areas like that you're trying to relax. So maybe imagining, um, you know, as you're laying there, you could sort of imagine kind of like a, a pool of water or like a cup of water um, filling into the area of your knee and kind of clearing out any black spots or black um, blockages kind of flowing through. You could imagine maybe a stream of white light or any kind of color light that you like moving down through the top of your head, mm-hmm. down into your throat, you know, moving through your body, traveling to your knee. You'd also place your hands on it and just kind of begin to feel, you'll usually feel a little bit of natural heat from your hands. You can definitely rub them together, but often if you kind of play around, you maybe put it over your face a little bit or on the back of your neck. Um, the knees are actually pretty receptive to energy I'm not sure why but so kind of just creating like a softness with yourself Mm. but it's hard I think with any kind of chronic pain we often feel very frustrated when it's acting up um, and it's normal but our body does naturally like clench and tighten up when we start getting angry with it Mm, for sure and I feel like especially this past year with the shift that we're experiencing the lifestyle Mm. shift like I mean I, we've talked about it on a personal level, but I think on like a global level, the world is clenching. <laughs> like um, and I'm curious for those who are listening, like, are there, you know, any practical steps that people can implement on a daily? Maybe you could walk us through something, whether, you know, whatever's coming up for you that maybe our listeners can take away with and hopefully get a little um, bit of that connection closer to being one. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe we could even do a meditation for dealing with painful emotions. I would love that. That sound that resonates, that resonates. Yeah. And I think, I guess for practical tips, um, it is hard. I think everybody's feeling that COVID fatigue right now. It's been almost a full year since the whole quarantine, like, um, on pause started and it's a lot it can definitely be very wearing so just I think one acknowledging some of the external factors that might be causing the fatigue certainly the uncertainty on such a global level and then it seems that 
pretty much everyone I speak to, whether it's like personally or professionally, is feeling sort of this messiness and um, chaos, even on yeah. a like smaller level. So I think just kind of like acknowledging that first can be helpful, and then figuring out each person for yourself, like what are some things that maybe do help you to feel a little bit more grounded each day. So maybe that is doing some meditation. Um, maybe it's just making your bed, you know, having a little bit of a routine, mm. I think helps. I certainly like to have some sort of movement each day, whether it's yoga or exercise, that helps me a lot. And I do find, try to like, even do like a one minute meditation between clients, if possible, some kind of grounding, maybe even doodling just to kind of get out your restless energy. Yeah. Writing affirmations can be good. Um, I'm very into this box breathing, this square breathing. Oh. It helps me a lot. That's so cool. <laughs> so basically you are just creating a box as you breathe, but you're holding inhales and exhales. So um, as you breathe in, you draw up in the square and then hold. And exhale. Just different ways of breath work. One thing to know, if a person has experienced trauma um, and they're new to meditation or trying to relax, sometimes closing your eyes can um, trigger old trauma if you've never done it before. So um, if you know, for anyone who has experienced that, like just to note that, okay, maybe I'm going to try just softening my gaze when I do this. It's also, it's okay not to close your eyes or like, I'm going to try to close my eyes for 30 seconds and see how that feels. You might have to ease into it. Cool. So that's just something to know about it. Um, Debunk the stereotype that you have to have your eyes closed to meditate. <laughs> right. I like it. I think it helps with the distractions, but it's some, you know, if it does feel uncomfortable, you don't always have to push yourself and you can always stop, you know, you're not locked into doing it. So. Yeah. yeah. There's such amazing um, resources and I'll definitely share with those of you who are listening through my Instagram and through Rebecca, like we can connect you. Rebecca's like turned me on to so many incredible different free apps and techniques. One of them's like tapping, which is a whole world and such a good one. Yeah. And that's a more active practice that you can do that definitely works on the mind body connection. Yeah. So we'll, yeah, we'll definitely yeah. give you those resources so that you guys can also tune in. But I'm now going to pass the you know, figurative, physical, <laughs> um, Mike over to Rebecca, who's going to lead us in a meditation. Okay. This is so exciting. Okay. So just take a moment to check in with where you are. If you'd like to close your eyes, you can, or like I said, you can just Soften your gaze, look at the floor, sit comfortably or lie down, whatever works for you. And allow yourself to take a nice deep inhale in your nose and let it go out your mouth. Taking a moment 
to check in with how you're feeling physically, emotionally. Allowing yourself to feel that emotion or emotions. Take a moment to get in touch with it. Notice where you feel it in your body. And try to imagine the emotion as a wave in the ocean. Notice it as it comes toward you, like a wave coming toward the shore and then recedes. Follow the flow of the waves as they rise to a peak and then recede and finally break. Next, try to imagine that you are on a warm beach. Feel the sun warming your face and a cool breeze blowing on your face. Imagine that the emotion is a wave on the ocean and the cool breeze blowing on your face makes the emotion a little lighter and less intense. Try imagining yourself at the beach where the water is so blue that you can see the crystal white water as the waves come toward the shore, flowing, rising, receding, and then finally breaking. Imagine that the emotion is intense, but only when you look at it from afar, as you would look at the ocean from a distance. As you get closer, just as the waves become less intense, as they reach the shore, so too do your emotions. Imagining that the sun warms your body and the cool breeze cools your face. Begin to observe the emotion as small and less intense. Try to go back and forth between the image of the ocean, which allows you to feel comfortable and steady, and the emotion, which may make you feel tense or afraid. As you go back and forth, notice the breath as you inhale and exhale. Feel the rhythmic flow of the breath. Notice the flow of the breath in and out and the wave flowing toward 
and away from the shore. Paying close attention to the emotion. Notice how you can increase and decrease its intensity. How it can flow in and out like the waves of the ocean. Notice how you can influence your feelings as you pay attention to them in this way. Notice how going back and forth between the comforting experience of being on the beach and the mindfulness of an emotion changes your experience of the emotion. And just noticing how you're feeling after this visualization, noticing without any judgment, without trying to control or change anything. Taking a moment to breathe in, if you can relax some of the muscles in your face, softening your eyebrows, your temples, and your jaw. Just taking a nice inhale in through your nose. And letting it go. Feeling your feet on the floor. And slowly as you're ready, you can begin to open your eyes. I don't think I would be, ever be ready to open my eyes. Whoa. <laughs> That was so necessary. That was so, I hope it felt as good for you to like pass it along because receiving it, it was just like, ah, like I hope everyone hearing that feels it also because that was just necessary. Wow. Thank you so much, Rebecca. That was amazing. Yeah, I'm so glad we could do this. Yes. And for those of you listening, there's so many more resources um, and knowledge that Rebecca has to share. So definitely follow her Instagram, which will be linked to mine when this episode goes out. And we're always just a message, DM, email, you know, away from hopefully finding the right practice for you and just helping you Come one step closer to silencing your mind, whatever that may look like for you. And before we go, Rebecca, there I have a practice for any guest who sits on my show. I like to think that there, this is a space where you can bring anything out, that you can sit with things that might be uncomfortable or something that may have just come up when you were giving over the meditation. 
so Rebecca, like, what are you sitting with right now? I guess I, um, as comfortable as I am discussing meditation and mindfulness, I still do sometimes struggle with second guessing myself. So, you know, we all have that voice of self-doubt um, and to just kind of acknowledge it and move on to the next thing. I think for me, it's something, you know, I just kind of have to keep going. And once you start, usually you get into that flow and rhythm and the voice kind of fades. But it's only sometimes it's a little bit louder than the positive reaffirming voice. Amazing. And I hope that you're able to just like, you know, find a way to put that voice and put it outside of yourself and sit it in front of you and realize like it's not a part of you. It's like that voice that is actually meant for us to push ourselves to be better and not to hate ourselves. Um, but it's so hard to be in the moment and conscious of its true intent, which is why it has that twofold, right? Right. And I think sometimes I like to think of it as just the inner child that maybe is a little bit scared and knocking on the door, right? Trying to protect you from, from doing something that you might regret, but you kind of have to remind yourself like, okay, it's all safe. It's all good. I'm safe. You can sit back now. Like, thanks, thanks for checking in, but we're, we got this. Exactly. Yeah, I think that playfulness is really key. Oh, my gosh. Basically, guys, you just need to be with yourself at all times. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've learned from this. No, I'm kidding so much. But thank you, Rebecca, for sitting with us. And thank you to you guys who took the time out of your day to sit with SNIT. And we'll be in touch soon. Thank you so much.